Welcome to the Semper Reformato podcast, spreading the word and contending for the faith. We turn back to Matthew chapter 3 with the visible church celebrating the birth of Christ. We are introduced to another great character in the scriptures. John's Gospel talks about John the Baptist, who was the light, not the light, but was a light pointing to the Lord Jesus. Talks about how he came to proclaim the way and to prepare the way for Christ. And John, Matthew's Gospel, rather, chapter 3, commences with that, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. John, I suppose, was the last of a great line of Old Testament prophets. What I want to do for a few minutes this morning is just to look at his ministry. And then next week we'll see his encounter with the Saviour. But I want to look at his ministry and to see how his ministry was a clear message, an unambiguous message. When Jesus spoke about John, he gave him this great commendation. In John chapter 5 and 35, Jesus said he was a burning and a shining light. So let's see a little bit about why Jesus would say John was a burning and a shining light. The first thing I want you to see is in verse 2. Because John was absolutely clear about the need for repentance. He preached, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repentance. Sometimes I like listening to the Canadian singer, songwriter, Leonard Cohen. Now, sadly passed away. And I like his I like some of his words. I don't like all of them. I like some of them. I like some of his songs. I don't like all of them. But some of his songs were very interesting and very great depth of insight into human character. And in a song called The Future, written many, many years ago, Leonard Cohen tried to depict what the future would be like. And some of the things that he depicted in that song are coming to pass even now. You should listen to it. But the the chorus of that song says, when they said repent, I wondered what they meant. And I think we've come to that point, that when we cry repent to the world for the sins that they're committing, the answer comes back, what do you mean? Why would I need to repent? What have I done? What do you mean by that? John had a ministry that was based on repentance, turning from our sin. And one of the things that the world no longer seems to understand is that we are by nature and practice sinners. We need to repent. Sin is present in our lives. In fact, John spoke of the the religious leaders, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, as being a brood of vipers the most religious people, the most privileged people in the whole kingdom. And no matter how religious they were, John says, you're sinners. I'm sure that they would have echoed Leonard Cohen when he said, repent. We wondered what he meant. Why was he saying that to us? Why are you telling us to repent? 
And yet it's a message that we need to proclaim loudly. The message of repentance from sin. That all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But that we must repent of that sin. Because there is a possibility of having our sins dealt with. It didn't rest in their religion. It lay in personal repentance. Peter, preaching in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, calls out, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins be blotted out. There's an opportunity to be saved from your sins. John was clear about this. You must repent. Repentance means, with God's help, turning away from our sin. Isaiah 55, verse 7, says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. But if we're going to turn from our sin, repentance, where are we going to turn to? We turn away from it. In the ministry of John, we have that answer. Turn to God's kingdom. Verse 3, this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. John wasn't preaching about himself. He was preparing the way for the Lord Jesus. He was preaching about Christ. You enter the kingdom through coming to the King, coming to Christ, the sinless Saviour who died for us as our substitute for our sins on the cross. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and chapter 2, when Paul's preaching, he says, we preach Christ crucified. We turn from our sins. We turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. His ministry was clear about the need for repentance from our sins, but it was focused on the Lord Jesus. It was about turning to him. Some years ago, I did a pulpit exchange with a minister. It was many years ago, maybe 25 or so. I did a, a, a pulpit exchange with a minister that I was friendly with, and we were talking beforehand in conversation and we got into this conversation about how people preach and he said to me, you know what, he says, I, I, I don't like these churches that put we preach Christ crucified at the front of the church because it's a message for the spoken sermon not to be plastered on a wall. I said, you're going to get some shock when you come to our church. Because the church I was the minister of at that time had a message plastered across the front of the pulpit, at the back of the pulpit, saying, we preach Christ crucified. And we do. Let us not be sidetracked. Let us focus on Christ, as John did. John was clear about repentance. In Matthew chapter 3 and 11, he's clear about who the Savior is. He says, there is one coming after me who is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. This is the Lord Jesus. We know we need to repent of our sins. We know that only Christ can forgive us of our sins. There is a Savior from sin. 
But what does that mean to me? Personally, here in 2022, people do say that. Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. Take away my sins. How can that help me? How can that cleanse me? How can that affect me and my personal life? And that's another theme that runs through John's message because he spoke of the Holy Ghost. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11 again. He says, Whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And the Holy Ghost is not a thing. The Holy Ghost is not an impersonal force. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, is the blessed third person of the Trinity who convicts us of our sin and who applies the sacrifice of Christ to our hearts and to our lives. Right here, John's talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He says, I baptize you with repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, I want you to make sure that you turn with me in your Bible right now to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. Because we need to see what happens here. And we're going to learn in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. And it's a very important verse to understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Paul writing here in chapter 12 and verse 13, 1 Corinthians says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, we have been all made to drink into one spirit. So when does this happen? It happens when we're brought into the body of Christ. It happens when we are born again, when we are saved. The Holy Spirit applies the work of God to us and indwells us. So every believer, every single Christian believer has the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. That's how the death of Christ 2,000 years ago relates to us living here and now. The cross, the wrath of God was satisfied. It's called propitiation. But our sins were also blotted out. That's called expiation. And in practice, God applies the saving work of Christ to our dead spirits through the contemporary work of the Holy Ghost. He gives us new life. He comes to dwell in the heart of the believer. He gives us abundant life. He fills us with the joy of the Lord. He comes to dwell within us and he continues within us as a guarantee, as a down payment, as a deposit of heaven. John was clear about that, clear about how the work of Christ is applied to the hearts of the believer. He tells people they need to repent of their sins, so they're sinners who need to repent. 
He tells them that the only one they can turn to in repentance is the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who would take away their sins on the cross. And he tells us that it is through the work of the Holy Spirit that that saving work accomplished in the cross is applied to the heart of the believer. But he goes further. Look at verse 7. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned thee to flee from the wrath to come? Warns about judgment. See, if you don't come to Christ and trust him as Savior, if you haven't repented of your sins, if you haven't known the Holy Spirit's work in convicting you, bringing you to Christ, if you haven't been born again, then judgment awaits. John's not afraid to say so. Matthew 3 and verse 12. Look at how he describes this judgment, the ferocity of it. He talks about his fan being in his hand, And he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Oh, that we had a ministry like John's today in our pulpits and our churches. That we had pastors and preachers who would fearlessly proclaim the judgment of God without fear or favor. Ceaseless warning people. And one final thing that we see in John's ministry, and it's in that same verse, verse 12. It says, whose fan is in his hand will thoroughly purge his floor. He's using the language of the threshing floor where the, where the fan would, would, would blow away the chaff and he will gather his wheat into the garner, into the barn, where it will be safe. He's distinguishing the difference between the future prospects of the believer those who have never met Christ. He's saying that for them who are outside of God's kingdom, there is judgment to come. But for those who are his, those who have experienced the work of Christ applied to their hearts through faith, there is safety, place where God's people will be safe from wrath forevermore. There is no fear of that judgment whatsoever. I think we should let the ministry of John establish principles for us. Principles that will sink deep into our hearts and our minds. The, The main features of a faithful Christian witness. That we are sinners who need to repent. That there is a Savior who is the Lord Jesus Christ who has accomplished our salvation and our redemption at the cross. That there is a Holy Spirit who applies that personal experience to our lives. 
that will spare us from judgment and bring us safely to heaven and to hope. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please help to make it better known by opening the podcast app on your phone or mobile device. Then, search for The Semper Reformata Podcast. Subscribe and give it a 5-star rating. See you next time.